Coaches, I think there is a moment in every coach's season, I would say potentially even multiple times in a season, where we are in our office or we're in our car and we've just gone through maybe a tough loss after a game. Um, or maybe we've just had a really bad practice and we're just struggling. We're struggling because, uh, yeah, we're maybe not getting the results we want when it comes to the scoreboard, but we've also got disgruntled players. And we've got a few key players that are injured. Our season plan, the plan that we, our vision for that year has seemed to fall completely to pieces. Uh, on top of that, our inbox is full of messages from disgruntled parents uh, Maybe we don't feel the, the support from our administration that we need in a moment like that. And so we have all these, these problems weighing down on us as a coach. And on top of that, we're spending all this time away from home, investing in some other people's kids, uh, investing in this program, and we're, we're missing out on some moments with our own kids. And our kids are missing us. And our, and our spouse, our, our husbands, or our wives, they're missing us, right? And we've got all these conflicts at home that are growing because we're spending so much time within our program. And, and so we have this, I think every one of us faces some of these challenges, maybe all these challenges at some stage, but it leads us to this place where we're asking this question, is it worth it? Is it worth the sacrifice? Is it worth the cost to be able to, to be a coach? to be a coach in today's day and age. And, and that's what we're gonna jump into in today's podcast. Nate and I talked last week about how to support players that want to quit. Well, today's episode is how do we survive? How do we get through? How do we grow through these low moments in our coaching journey that all of us experience? Welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast. I'm JP Nurbin alongside my co-host, Nate Sanderson. And every week in 30 minutes or less, we're giving you transformational leadership tools and strategies. This podcast is brought to you by Thrive on Challenge, which provides mentorship for coaches to help them grow as a coach and build their culture. You can learn more at thriveonchallenge.com. You're listening to episode 107, What to Do When You Feel Like Quitting. So Nate, in my work with coaches uh, through mentorship and workshops, one thing that I've discovered is that it doesn't really matter how successful, how much they're winning or how much they're losing or what level they coach at, whether they're the you know C team or the freshman boys basketball team or they're a college division one coach, every one of them at some stage or another has thought about quitting. Now, we don't talk about it a lot, right? It's not something that comes up at, in coaching conversation is this, you know, this question around, is it worth it anymore? But I think at some stage, we've all thought about that. And it's, it's, it's really kind of a, a place where I think many coaches struggle. It's definitely motivated me a lot in what I do and, and, and is to have these conversations to provide support because I just feel like there isn't a lot of support for coaches as they're wrestling with this question. Well, JP, I think there's a couple reasons why it's a unique problem in coaching. You know, you think about the other issues that we face. If you have a tactical issue, trying to figure out how to break a press or score a goal or, you know, move the ball down the field or whatever, you can find a thousand videos on YouTube in 10 seconds to help solve those kinds of strategic and tactical problems. But when you face an emotion that, man, sometimes can feel crippling, like I don't even know if I can show up tomorrow to go to practice 
because of the stress that I feel in my job. Like there aren't a lot of places that we can go and have that conversation. Some people are blessed with administrations that have an open door policy where you can go in and really be real and talk, you know, have that talk. But the most of the coaches that we work with don't, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons for that is because number one, in the same way that there's a stigma sort of surrounding players and the whole idea of quitting, it's seen as a sign of weakness. I think that applies to coaches too, you know, to, to be real with a lack of energy, a lack of enthusiasm when we're the ones that are supposed to be the, the inspiration, we're the ones that are supposed to be the motivators, even to acknowledge that, man, I just don't feel it today. You, you know, and you hear things like, like there's two people that have to have a great practice every day, my best player and my head coach, you know, like if we don't bring it, no one else is going to bring it. And so those expectations sometimes sort of box us in where we don't feel like there's an outlet or that it's even okay to feel that way when we're supposed to kind of carry the mantle of the enthusiasm and the commitment and the passion for the game that quite frankly tends to ebb and flow quite a bit during the course of a season. So I think one of the most uh, really important things as we kind of talk about ways to deal with this conflict or this question, Nate, is, is to really kind of understand that there are seasons of life, right? I, I'm entering a season of my life right now um, or I've kind of already been in it where I'm traveling a great deal. I was on the road for over half half of uh, September. I'm going to be back and then October and November and even a little bit into December. I'm doing a, a lot of traveling to work with various um, uh, high school programs and college programs and, and putting on workshops. And and this is great. This is experiencing, obviously, growth in the business that, that I wanted to see, but that doesn't come with certain burdens and certain challenges to my family. And one of those is just being gone a lot of the, a lot of that time. And this has been compounded by the fact that m my wife and I made a serious life decision uh, about a month ago where she decided to take a job um, with a new company in Ireland, which was going to be move moving our family from Pennsylvania um, across the ocean uh, over to Ireland in November in the middle of probably the busiest season uh, of, of my life uh, or of the year. So we've got this really difficult situation. And I remember last week having this moment where the, the stress and anxiety um, was, was had definitely grown. And, and I, to be fully honest, there was moments where I was questioning, man, is this worth it? You know, because you come home after a long trip and I love what I do. I love being out there with coaches, but you do, you miss your kids, you get home. And one of the things I've noticed is uh, a three and a half year old and a two year old, they make you pay for your time away. They don't, they're, they're not easy on you at all. They're happy for about all of five minutes to see you. And then the next few days, um, they will remind you of, of how you abandoned them in many, many ways with a lot of different uh, you know, fits and meltdowns. And it's been really, really challenging. And I think there came this moment last week where I was just kind of sitting down, I was reflecting on this, and I was kind of actually asking that question, man, is this worth it? You know, is this, is this healthy for my family? Um, and how are we going to survive the next couple months here uh, with all the other added stress? And I had this kind of moment of peace that kind of came over me when I finally just accepted that this was going to be really hard. Like this is, this is the cost of doing what I feel I'm called to do. This is going to be the cost of, of what I, I, my wife and I feel that we need to do for our family. It's not going to be easy. And that realization, Nate, uh, and that acceptance 
of, of my situation, my circumstances was, was honestly, and my challenges was honestly the first step uh, for me to be able to start moving forward and, and to stop worrying and stressing and being so anxious and for me to start moving forward to being present, uh, to being the father and the husband I wanted to be, but also to get excited about the work trips I had coming up and my ability to serve and, and all just all the opportunities for growth in this experience. You know, JP, I think a lot of coaches can relate to that. Maybe not in traveling to 10 different states while you're trying to move your family across the pond, but just the demands, the time demands that we all experience in the midst of our season and, and yet being nagged by that desire. And I don't mean nagged in a negative way, but there's just a, a part of us that wants to be with our family and wants to be with our kids at the same time. And those two things can get so out of balance so quickly I think one of the things that trips up a lot of coaches, and I know I've been in this place before, is are we stressed and upset about the cost of being an effective coach or about how we actually make the payment? And what I mean by that is, you know, on the one hand, you can feel when you look at your travel schedule and think, man, it shouldn't be this hard. Why is it this hard? It shouldn't be this way when I come home and be really upset about the cost, right, of growing your business. And I think coaches, sometimes we get hung up on the same thing. You know, we're expected to teach for eight hours a day, and then you got two hours of practice, and you got practice planning and watching film, and, you know, that amounts to 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and we think that cost is unfair. That cost is ridiculous, you know, for somebody to be expected to do that much. But I think the reality is, to be an effective coach, it does cost time. You know, I remember before my wife and I had our first kid, I was talking with one of my closest friends in our league about just how does it change as a coach when you have, you know, when you start having kids. And he said, you know, Nate, one of the ideas you got to get used to is that there are going to be days where you don't see your kids. And I didn't really understand that at the time because we didn't have any kids. But as we got into that first season, he's right. You know, there's times where you don't see him in the morning and then at night you're on the road and you get back late and they're already in bed. And that's just part of it. It's the cost. And arguing that it shouldn't be or should be is kind of irrelevant because it just is. It's part of the deal. And I think the thing for coaches is not to be distracted by the high price tag of being an effective coach. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of resources. It's going to take a tremendous amount of energy. And it's going to take sacrifice, not just from you, but from the people around you. That's the cost but rather focus on how do I make the payment? If I'm gonna miss my family, I'm not gonna see my kids for a day because we're on the road, what can I do the following day? Not to, like you're not gonna make up for that day that's gone, but is there a way that you can make sure that you're present with your family for a couple of hours sometime during that week? Again, so that you figure out how do I make the payments rather than being obsessed with, this shouldn't cost so much, it shouldn't be so hard, when the reality is, it's going to be difficult at times. And so there's one thing that I, that I would add to what you're saying there, which is if I was to have given myself advice two years ago, I would have said, JP, just, just revisit your purpose. Revisit your why. Why are you trying to build Thrive On Challenge? And that, that's what you need to lean on in these moments. And I think there's definitely value in that when you're struggling with the external conflicts as, as a coach or coming back to your purpose. Well, why do I coach? You know? as you face the conflicts around parents and player entitlements and attitude. But there's the, also that internal conflict that you're kind of, a, you've, you've mentioned there, Nate, which is that idea that 
my purpose as a coach sometimes conflicts with my purpose as, as a husband and a, as, a, as a father. And JP, here's the thing about coming to a place where you accept that. Like, I want to be a good father. I feel like to be a good father, I have to be present with my kids. I also feel like to be a great coach, I have to be a mentor and I have to be present for those kids. And those things are in conflict with each other. And so when I accept the fact that there's going to be days that I'm not going to see my kids or I'm going to miss you know, something at school for my daughter or whatever it might be because I'm with my team, there's part of me that mourns. Like what's hard about that is it feels like a loss because it is, you know, and sometimes like when you're mourning the loss of a person, we go through this stage of denial where like, I can't believe she's gone. I can't believe that this happened. And then you come to this place of acceptance and you can start to deal with that emotional pain. And in a lot of ways, that's similar to what we have to deal with as coaches. Like it manifests itself in this question of, is it worth it? But there's part of us that you have to do a little work to dig in and figure out what is it that I'm really hurting about. And I'll give you sort of a really superficial example of that. But this process helped me. Like so a few years back, our athletic department was trying to put together, our AD had wanted to put together like a universal lifting program at our school, okay? Now, our basketball program was one of the only programs that lifted consistently during our season. We didn't have anything else to use, so we did a bunch of research and we kind of put this program together on an Excel sheet and we built this whole thing, right? And our kids got stronger, you could tell, we had the numbers to back it up and like it was, it was the most successful program that we had in our school, right? And so when the AD sends out this this email asking for input into what, you know, this new program should look like, I spent like a week drafting this email about the philosophy of what we did, how we built the program, how we chose the movements, how we chose the weights. Like I was like, wow, this is my opportunity to try to have a great impact on, you know, building something that's going to benefit all of our sports. And if everybody bought in, it would be awesome. And it has benefited us, right? So I send this email, and I mean, it was it was long. I had data, I had spreadsheets that I attached to it, hours putting this thing together. Never once did I get not a thank you, not appreciate the input, not we'll take this into consideration. I mean, it was like throwing it in the ocean and it was gone forever. Never a response. And then, you know, a couple months later, the new program comes out, and it's not like there's nothing that resembles anything that that we do, which is fine, right? But it hurt. Like I, that hurt me as a coach. And that's where, you know, at one point I'm like, man, is this really worth it to keep doing this where you put all this work into something and you don't even get any acknowledgement whatsoever. But what I realized out of that is my expectation was this is where my my turmoil was coming from, is that when you ask for input, the AD asked for input, I assumed that that meant I was going to have input into the process. And I didn't. And just coming to the realization of my expectation rightly or wrongly, was unrealistic based on what the AD was going to do anyway. It allowed me to move from this place of anger and frustration, and I don't know if I want to keep you know, coaching here, to this is unfortunate and it's sad, but I'm just sort of mourning my situation. Like I don't really have as much input as I thought I would. But then I was able to let it go. Like I just sort of accepted it. I accepted the feelings that came with it. And that allowed me to sort of deal with my issue, which was I wanted to have input and let it go, you know, and be able to move on. And I think that process takes some intentionality and it takes some reflection, but just seeing I'm so stressed or I don't have enough time or I'm, I'm frustrated with my work, 
isn't enough to really drill down and be able to deal with whatever the payment again is and whatever the cost is to you to try to get through that difficult season. Yeah, and one of the ways to do what you're talking about that I think is so important is that we have the right people around us. And, and, and often we can struggle to, to talk about these inner conflicts uh, with, with our assistant coaches or with our spouse. There's just, there's just a lack of them being able to really understand our, our situation. And it's really why uh, I'm so passionate about mentorship and, and our retreat. And I don't, I don't mean to make, make this in just to a plug for that, but the value in what we had happen in July in Park City, where we had a group of, of coaches come together that have been through something very similar. They've gone through similar struggles. And for them to be able to connect in that way was incredibly powerful. And it's created some relationships where they can then support each other moving forward in the journey. And I think it's also what I found to be so profound in the mentorship and what was so helpful for me in those moments of struggle and has been so helpful for other coaches is that we have people that can help us to ground our expectations, but also normalize these conflicts like we talked about is just that this is happening other places and we're able to move to a place where we can accept it having the right people around us i think is very important in that you know jp just to build off of that idea i think for me without question the thing that helps me the most in those times when i'm struggling with that of you know that question of whether or not it's worth it is having a confidant that you can go to and be absolutely real and, and brutally honest with just how you're feeling, venting, you know, complaining, trying to brainstorm solutions, whatever it might be, that you know when you talk to that person that none of that's ever going to become public. They're never going to go and talk to somebody else about it, but yet they're going to be on your side and they're going to be there to support you. And I, I've been super fortunate to have assistant coaches that have been able to fulfill that role for me. You know, I remember working with Don Kelbeck, who's one of our coaches at Breakthrough. When he was in uh, Division One college, he was somebody's head assistant, Florida International University. And he used to tell stories about, you know, we'd have these coaching meetings and everybody would share their ideas and then the rest of the staff would leave and it would be Don and the head coach. And he'd say, all right, Don, tell me what you really think. What do we really need to do here? But like that, that kind of relationship was so important for that head coach. And to be able to have somebody like that, whether that's in mentorship, whether that's another coach in your league. I mean, there's been seasons where I call the same coach every night on my way home from practice and we just sort of share where we're at. And that was huge, you know, when we're trying to build a program and going through some struggles. So whether that's a group, whether that's a consistent person, whether that's someone on your staff, finding somebody that can empathize and be supportive and just be a safe place to let it go, I think is as, as important as anything else when you're going through those moments. You know, when we talk about building our circle, there's another group of people that I think is worthwhile mentioning here as far as people that I would encourage coaches to bring into our circle. A few years back, I started becoming more intentional about reaching out to former players. Uh, I made a commitment to once a week uh, send a message, an email, a text message, a Facebook message, or write a letter to one of my former players. Just let them know I was thinking about them. I'm there for them if they need anything. Um, and that, you know, maybe I had followed them on Facebook, something like that. So I might acknowledge something that they had accomplished, you know, going to college, graduating. Um, just let them know how proud I was of them. Now, 
I did that because I wanted to continue to pour into the lives of people that I was working with. And I thought that was a really important way to let people know that I cared about them long after they had played for me. I kind of took that idea from the old UNC basketball coach, Dean Smith. Now, there's an unintended uh, consequence of doing that. And it was a positive consequence. It was that the players then would start to respond back to me and share with me the impact that I had on their success, the impact that I had on their life. And they would share these memorable moments and experiences, the things they remembered. And when they started doing that, it was incredibly affirming, incredibly affirming for me as a coach. And I think that that is a really powerful thing for us, especially in these tough moments, because I know we can be so short-sighted as people and not seeing, not really seeing the long-term effects. And here we're able to surround ourselves and, and stay in contact with people that have maybe like reap the benefits of, of our coaching and, and, and they're kind of the, the long-term effects of, of, of staying committed to this idea around transformational coaching and trying to do things the right way. Uh, coaches, before we get back to our conversation here today, if you're anything like me, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I read a lot of books, and I am constantly inundated with new ideas and new strategies and new ways to try to approach my team and build my culture. And when I come across these great ideas, there's always part of me that wonders, do I really know how to do this in my culture? Now at Thrive On Challenge, we've really tried to create opportunities to connect with you personally as coaches through our mentorship program, through our coaching retreats, but maybe you're not ready to take the step for either one of those programs. And so we've created this fall, our first ever coaching culture workshop. And at this workshop, we wanna get a bunch of like-minded coaches together who are also experimenting with how to build their cultures and become better leaders. At the workshop, we're gonna walk you through systems and strategies that you can implement with your teams. We're gonna encourage you to, to share your experiences, things that have worked for you and things that you've struggled with with other coaches who are in the field trying to accomplish the same goals that you are and to make ourselves available to be able to answer any questions that you might have as you're growing on this transformational journey. If you have any interest in being part of this workshop, our first one in November in Minneapolis or future workshops this following spring, check out the link in the episode details. Now, the next thing I, I would say that is important for, for us as coaches is that we've got to find ways to balance, maybe not even just balance isn't the right word here, but to kind of blur the lines between family and coaching. You know, and I know that you have some pretty unique ways that, that you do that. I loved hearing Bob Stoops talk about it, the What Drives Winning Conference about a year ago, about how he created an environment where families were encouraged. They were welcomed into, into the football program uh, for coaches to bring their kids and I think that different ways, that's obviously another whole rabbit hole that we can go into another episode, but I think it's just really important as, as coaches are wrestling with this is they think, how can I merge those two lives together as much as possible so that I can continue to support both? both. And I think that when we do that, it actually strengthens the experience for our families and for our kids growing up. And also I think it strengthens the experience for, for our players that they can see us as as a as as a husband as a father as as a wife or as a mother and I think that there's that, that there's such value in finding ways to merge those two lives together. I think one of the traps that we can fall into is when we consider our time, we think of it as this or that. I'm either with my family or I'm with my team. I'm either at home at dinner or I'm fully engrossed in preparing for tomorrow's game. And I think 
you know, we've tried to be creative in finding ways to have those overlap as much as possible. You know, one day a week, I'll take my oldest daughter to practice with me. My family comes to all of our team dinners. We try to host something at our house, you know, a couple times a year so that kids are interacting with our little one and with our dogs and playing in our yard. And, you know, so if there's time where I can spend with both of my families, so to speak, all the better to build those relationships and connections and try to not make it feel like two separate worlds. Yeah. And so one of the, the last suggestions that I would throw out for coaches uh, that are dealing with this question, is it worth it? Kind of just coming back to my story, I, I would say one of the things that's helped me significantly in the last few weeks it, and really working through this season of life has been finding the opportunities for growth, right? The things that are going to help me grow through this moment, whether it be my time management or creating certain systems in my life that keep me more present with my family when I am with my family, like like little simple things about leaving my phone upstairs, you know, locked away for that time when I pick up the kids to, to when I put them to sleep. Things like that have been really, really helpful. And, and I've, I've found that they're actually able to help me grow as, as a father and help me also grow within, within my work. You know, JP, as we close here, Joshua Medcalf has a great line I know we've used on the podcast before in his book, Burn Your Goals, and that is, when you're going through challenging times, what if you started with this? This is for my benefit. You know, is this happening to me or is this happening for me? And I think when you start to change your outlook and your perspective, eventually your emotional state is going to follow. But I think that's great advice, searching for opportunities to grow your marriage, to grow your relationship with your kids, to to be more effective with your team, searching for the benefit, even in the hardship, can help to start to change our perspective and get us through those tough moments. Coaches, if if you can relate to this struggle Nate and I have discussed today, we'd love to hear your story. So shoot us an email. You know, we provide support for coaches in really three uh, special, distinct ways. The first is, is through mentorship. Now, helping coaches through this challenge we've been talking about is one of the huge benefits of mentorship. And you can learn more and schedule a free call with Nate or I at our website, thriveonchallenge.com. The second is retreats. Right? If you go to thriveonchallenge.com forward slash retreats or just click on the workshops tab on the website, you'll see more information there. Our next one is May 1st. Um, thirdly, we offer workshops. And as Nate said during the podcast, our next public workshop is on November 24th. And if you're interested, we've got a link in the episode details. You can register also for this workshop on our website as well. Uh, and lastly, if this episode resonated with you, I just encourage you to share it on social media or with a friend who might need the message as well.